You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef. I'm Hunter Ehrman. While the hat racks at the NCBA office have been full the past few days, a clear signal that our members, cattle producers, are here in Washington. We are hosting our new committee leaders, cattlemen and women who volunteer to serve as chairs and vice chairs of NCBA's policy committees. These committees form the foundation of our grassroots policy process and help develop our policy book, a compilation of resolutions voted on by our members that direct our advocacy work here in Washington. Here to talk more about the NCBA policy process is Barb Wilkinson, Senior Executive Director of Governance and Leadership Development. Barb, who are these new policy committee leaders and what is their responsibility as a committee chair or vice chair? Well, what's exciting is that we get new leaders every two years. And as has historically happened, we've had vice chairs move up. So folks who served as vice chairs for the last two years have now moved up to chairs. And Hunter, I'm excited to share with you who the new leadership is this year. It's a two-year term. So these folks just started their brand new term as of January 1st. Serving on Ag and Food Policy, the chair is Ken Hertz. The vice chair is Jeffrey Schaefer. The chair of cattle health and well-being this year is Dr. Tom Portillo. The vice chair is Barbara Jackson from Arizona. Federal lands. Jim Hellyer is the chair from Wyoming. The vice chair is Elisa Ogden from New Mexico. Live cattle marketing chair is Troy Sander from Oklahoma, who represents KLA. The vice chair is Mike Drennan from New Nebraska. International trade. Jacqueline Wilson is serving as the chair. Vice chair is Anthony Toso from California. Jacqueline, by the way, is from Nebraska. Property rights and environmental management. The chair this year is Charlie Besher from Missouri. The vice chair is Barb Cooksley from Nebraska. Tax and credit. Dan Rorvik from North Dakota is serving as chair. Vice chair is Jeff McGee from Mississippi. And serving on resolutions, which is an important part of the process, the chair is Linda Barnes from Tennessee, and vice chair is Margaret Ann Smith from Virginia. Well, a whole new uh, exciting (laughs) bunch of leaders here. So when they take these positions as chair and vice chair, what is the responsibility that they have in the policy process? They have really two big responsibilities, and one happens in February and the other will happen in July in San Diego. In February in uh, New Orleans, they will be leading the meetings where our policy is made. They also work throughout the year with the staff liaisons, which are basically the lobbyists here in Washington, D.C., to make sure that they're on top of the issues in between the times, in between the meetings. But when they're leading the meetings, the ultimate goal of the meetings starting in February and then the meetings again in July, they stand up with our policy book, which is then the playbook for the DC team to do their job. So Barb, here at NCBA, we like to talk a lot about the grassroots policy process. Can you give us an explanation of what that is and how it works for producers who might not be extremely familiar with it? I would love to, because I think we look at a book and it's 143 pages, our policy book. Those policies all started somewhere local. It may have even started at a county cattlemen's meeting. At the least, it started at the state level. And our state partners bring forth resolutions, our state affiliates bring forth a resolution. And again, that idea came at the state level. It didn't start, it wasn't staff sitting around thinking, oh, we need a policy on this. It was a group of cattle producers who said, we need help here. We need to work on this. So put together a resolution. It's brought before the appropriate committee. We have seven uh, committees and, and those seven committees will then vote on the resolution. They may amend it. They may decide maybe it's not what we want to do, but it's up to the majority of the producers and the majority of the people in the room voting in those committees are cattle producers from around the country 
representing various state affiliates. So how does a member of NCBA get involved in these policy committees and ultimately uh, serve in a leadership role in these committees? The easiest way to get involved is through their state affiliate. We are truly a state national partnership. We could not do it. It's boots on the ground is happening out at the state level. So that's what's important for our uh, members to know that that's where they get involved through their state. And then as a state member, they and they also have to be an NCBA member. That's one thing I want to make very clear. If somebody is making policy on behalf of this organization, they do have to be a member, but they can then be a delegate to the convention on, and be a delegate in a committee and serve and vote on a committee and speak to issues during the committee. That's all getting involved through their state affiliate. Well, we have the uh, Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA mm-hmm. trade show coming up pretty shortly here in New Orleans. Yeah. How will the policy process be on display and what should producers expect when they attend that meeting? Well, the cool part is they'll get to see all seven uh, committees in action. Well, eight if you count resolutions, because it all depends on the work the seven do. But those seven committees will all any resolutions that are brought forth, they will also be learning more about issues. There may be a one of the committees that doesn't necessarily have a resolution at this meeting, but they will be talking about the issues of the day affecting whether it's federal lands, whether it's cattle health and well-being, something in animal health. The ag and food policy is going to definitely be very busy looking at the farm bill. So there's a lot of different things that are happening in those committees, even if they may not be voting. It's very important to come and listen to speakers, listen to staff, talk about here are the issues of the day and what we can do as the beef industry. Well, you mentioned that producers need to be an NCBA member in order to have a voice in this process. Uh, Why is it important for producers to join NCBA? Two things. One is having a staff here in Washington, D.C. on their behalf 24-7. Because I know cattle producers do not get up every morning worrying about what's going in Washington, going on in Washington, D.C. But there's a staff here in Washington, D.C. that does. And the impact of the decision makers in this town, it's very important to understand we need help here. We need to have our staff here. So that membership alone, just having that protection here in the D.C. office is very important. The other part is there's, I want to say, safety in numbers. We all need to work together. We are not huge when it comes to numbers of people. A lot of land spread out over a lot of area, but we as uh, folks need to work together. And that's how we do it as a member of an organization. And NCBA is a great one to be part of. Well, Barb, thanks so much for joining us today. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Hunter. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.